Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Wilson Chang, or otherwise known as Wakandama, which is his spiritual name. Now Wilson has been developing his healing techniques and meditation since he was a teenager, but went into the corporate business world where he was there for over 20 years. In 2000, he studied at the Barbara Brennan School for Healing. And it was at this stage of his career that he also started writing his first book. In 2015, he graduated from the Barbara Brennan School of Healing and he became a healing science practitioner. In 2019, he started creating inspirational videos in the form of improvisational dancing. Now, Wilson is the author of two books. Book one is The Spirituality for Real, Beyond the Incense and Meditation. And the second book, Spirituality for Real, Deep Healing, Finding Strength When Reality Seems Unkind. Now, Wakandamba has a big following on Instagram and YouTube, and he's planning to do an online schooling for people who are interested in the spiritual world. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services. Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Spotify. We have a YouTube channel there. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. At Tell Craig Your Story. We have VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. We are on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Wilson Chang or Wakandaba on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. 
Hi, Wilson. How are you doing today? Hi, Craig. It's great. I'm wonderful. That's good. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're an extremely busy man, so I've caught you bright and early in the US. Uh, what is it, six, seven o'clock in the morning now for you? It is seven o'clock in the morning. And I guess I would say, I don't know that I would say I'm an extremely busy. I'm just having lots of fun doing things. And I have plenty of time to talk with people. So it's like, there's no rush. So I, I want that space, no rush. It's like. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Does it feel like that you're doing work? To me, it doesn't look like you're doing a job at all. Yeah, I guess by the traditional perceptions, at least in the US, because I had a long career in working in a corporate world, hmm. the traditional definition of job is it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be not what you like. And so by that definition, it is not work. Yes. But I, is it true that I am busy? It's like, can I disappear for a while doing stuff? Yes, I can. Hours can pass by. And it's like, and I'm just in passion, having fun and going, oh, but I got to do that. And there's often lots of times that it's like, I don't have enough hours in the day. Or in some sense, because uh, I'll maybe diverge a little bit, I think about like maybe some a, a book I want to write or some other some other video I want to make and it's like I don't have enough actually I don't have enough years in my life to, to do it. So that's <laughs> I don't have enough years in my life to do yeah. this. <laughs> uh, and that's a real cool thing to be wait, to wake up in the morning and go okay I've got to, I've got to do this 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 and this 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 it's good to keep busy as well right Yeah Yeah absolutely yes. And all the other thing I wanted to and just to give a little bit nature about a busyness, and lots of people have busy and busy. Sometimes, because for me, a lot of it is uh, my message is about um, a personal wellness, um, mental wellness, emotional wellness. Mm. So some of that activity may not be, it might be just me meditating, me lying down. And then lots of times I do a lot of thinking when I'm lying down, and then I come up with something. So it, if you watch me outwardly, and, and observe me. Sometimes it may not look outwardly very busy, but but there's continually stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe that you have some Chinese sort of family background. So Xiao Nian Kuila, is that how yeah. you say it? <laughs> Shenre Kuila. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> and I was like, for a minute, I was going, uh oh, because I was like, I'm bored in the U.S. So I have, I've heard very little, like, it's not, it's like, uh-oh, am I going to get it wrong? But it's like, oh, phew, I got it right. <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, Chinese is, my Chinese is very bad. So can you just give us, like, the year in review for 2021 for Wilson? Year review? You know, when I think about it, I don't actually think too much chronological. I think a lot of it has just been, um, and actually, I've been doing the almost the same thing even in 2020. Right. It, a lot of it has been sharing so, uh, a lot of my learnings about uh, about healing myself. In fact, my entire history, probably for the past maybe 20 plus years, has been a journey about personal healing. And so maybe what's happened in the most recent two years is the form of that healing. Mm -hmm. And the form of that healing had been um, these dance videos. Yes. And 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 originally, it, it actually started off. I think um, it was I was actually starting to become new to the ideal of posting um, actual videos. 
And I actually, I remember taking this uh, this online course on just um, like how to, uh, look, what are the tips on making a, um, a video that might go viral. Mm-hmm. And some, I think one of the characteristics was pick up some unique, something unique characteristic. And so one of the things that I thought about that was potentially unique about what I knew I could do was um, if you give me music and you just, particularly if the music has lyrics, I can impromptu just dance on it because it's just, I I just, I just, I love that. That was actually part of the, I don't know, I'm going to say part of my, the healing skills I picked up was just this, this thing of whatever music you play, I will dance to it. And then what happens is not only will I, it's not, I'm not trying to even figure out a dance to it. Something organically just really picks into it. And then if I really pick into it, I could dance for hours. In fact, if I really get into it, I could dance till my, I'm going to drop to my feet. And so that, <laughs> that passion in there, it was like, and so I thought as an interesting video concept originally was, I'm just going to just, picked up a, and originally I was just dancing to pop music. All right. And I would just like, I'm just going to, and, and the original storyline was, I'm just going to just pick any arbitrary music and just dance to it. And that was going to be the premise, just impromptu dancing. And then, but what actually happened initially then is, like I said, lyrics, lyrics really help. So mm-hmm. I impromptu right. lip sync to it. And sometimes I don't, most of the time, I don't even know what they're saying. So I'm just like, <laughs> but what what then what i found is i went to the process now you, you learn how to video edit because you got to put it on uh, yes. youtube and so i did it initially and i was actually stunned at actually when i synchronized the sound with me and my movement it was like wow and oh the other key thing was i guess from the training i got from the um, online course they were suggesting I use multiple camera angles. So, so oh, that's a thing, because most most of the YouTube, I don't think actually most, I don't think actually I've seen any dance videos. I mean, there's lots of people teach dancing where they flip between two angles. So I so, thought, oh, that'll be kind of cool. So I did two angles and uh, fortunately the technology and the software now makes that more easy to do. And then and when I put it there, I was like, well, this, this almost looks like actually it's a, a professional getting close to a professional um, dance video. Right. Then the final thing was, I think one time I um, I was walking in um, with my, my brothers and I was like, oh, this is cool. And he, he looked at it initially and I got like a, a little mediocre response. Like, that's a cool, what do you think? Eh, I mean, it just looks like a Chinese person dancing. It's like to, <laughs> so, and I was like, oh. And then he said, you know what would be actually helpful is I can't hear the words because often with music, the sing- you, you can't not always hear what the words are. They don't, you know. And so he said, what if you actually put the lyrics on top of it? So like, uh-huh. oh, okay, I'll do that. So it's like I put the lyrics. And what actually is interesting is when you put the lyrics on top of a, uh, let's say, a music video, it actually is like, oh, it, 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 it makes it so much clearer what they're saying. So I did that. And. What had happened was during that time, I was um, in the midst of uh, a really stressful job. I think my last few years in corporate world were really stressful, working in um, financial industry, IT industry. Right. And I I was 
definitely in a place of depression. I was like, oh, I, and I had, I had some of these videos and, and the music I had ch chose, a, lo a lot of them actually turned out to have an interpretation that was just saying like, uh, if, if, if you're watching these videos and, and, and the person is singing to you, they're just saying, you can make it. It's like, wow, all the things you've been going through, it's like, wow, it's amazing that you're here. Um, you are you are special. So those, well, actually when I interpret that, those mm -hmm. were the messages that were coming to me. So what I remember was in one of those times, and I had a few of these videos I th in, in the Instagram format on my iPhone, which I did initially post. I mean, and they had all the lyrics, and I just, I when I was feeling bad, I I flipped on it and watched it, and I was like, it was like a, a self motivational cheer, and I was actually crying. It's like, oh my god, this is like so healing because it's like the person is, but it's kind of strange because the person who's saying to me, it was actually me. But yeah, yes. <laughs> so I found that, and I then the thought the, the dawned upon me. It's like. I think I could share this with other people and have the same effect. Although I, the question in my mind was because I knew I'm watching me singing to myself. Yes. If somebody else watched, it's not going to be them. It's going to be me. Would that still have the same effect? And that actually is the case. Where it's like I think early on, um, I remember one person um, was describing situations where she. I forget what she had, some type of terminal type of illness whatsoever that was, um, at one point, I think she said she was feeling like she was, she was dead. She and, mm. and when she watched one of my videos, she said, wow, that really, that changed it. And, and then maybe another time, uh, like a person was like, I think she just come out out of some type of treatment at a hospital and she huh. was feeling like really down. and. Um, and I think one of my videos, I think it was all, it was just, I think the way I took it, I, 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 I kind of shared how I was really tired and sleepy. And so it was a song about just sleeping, going to sleep and having nice dreams. And she watched it and was like, she felt like, wow. And so that, that actually, that kind of clicked in. It's like, I think I've got something. So yeah. I, I, that's what I've been doing. A lots of dance videos, which I absolutely love dancing and it's like wow I love to dance in music because it's like kind of fun and then I love then the process of then bringing it into the I guess video editing um, listening to the lyrics I mean again because now I'm listening to the lyrics again it's like okay now what did the person really say yes. and then start to think about um, further um, how can I further help the viewer frame their mind and in the interpretation because there's there's a lot of ultimately um, a lots of music is about love and relationships. Yes. But generally, we think of the relationships is between myself and some other person. But I try to see what's my ability to interpret that. The relationship is not really going to be that self and other person. It's you, you with yourself. Or sometimes I I frame it as. Think of it as your guardian angel speaking to you, or think of it as your higher self speaking to you. And so, I, with a lot of videos, I try to try to find different ways to cr try to creatively sh uh, shift it that way. 
some videos, so when I do it that way, there are some videos that are a little harder to do that and some videos uh, or some some music that's a little easier, but that's generally what I do. And then, so that's, that's what I've been doing uh, in 2020, 2021. And then probably now I've expanded that into um, more going beyond dancing and just do straight talks. So some of it was my, my car and some of it is actually just uh, framed like in just in, in you know my uh, small studio and just in 30 seconds or less Wilson give a message are you uh, like person's feeling really bad how do you motivate them um, feel, make them feel better or help them just get through the day you've got 30 seconds or less do it boom it's like yeah. um, and then finally I would say one thing uh, towards the end of 20 uh um, well, this past year, and actually, I'm we're I'm doing a little more this year. Is I've been working on an online course, oh. uh, which because I I've done books, yes, and I think the the next step I was trying to do instead of trying to trying to pr pr uh, share my latest experience and learnings uh, on a written format. Now that I'm got, got so acclimated to video format, now I want to try to do it in a video format. So that's something uh, I've been working on probably the last few months. Hopefully, maybe in the next month or so, we'll be able to release this online course. So that's uh, it's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. And tell me, uh, just just out of curiosity, have you always been wanting to be in front of the camera? Are you very confident, or did it take a little while for you to sort of? get used to being in front of the camera? Yeah, I would say no. I don't think I ever really wanted to be in front of the camera. And it, yes, it did get, uh, it took time getting used to it. I mean, there's an aspect when you're trying to do like, especially like in a, a, a studio format and you want to look good, you need lights. Yes. So there's, a, there's, there's this initial thing was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh see. <laughs> What are the bright lights? It's like, so that's an aspect. I say yes. I've 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 gotten you. I've had to get used to that. The other I thing I would say about that is, and like the question about being in front of the camera is, I would say there's a there is a personal journey of mine, and maybe the bigger question is, or general question is, have I always wanted to be seen? Mm. And. I'd say what I've been become aware of is there. There's been maybe a little bit of a a, a love hate relationship. Like I really want to be seen, and actually, honestly, I believe this is true of everybody. You really want to be seen, but then there's a little bit like, oh wait, wait, no, 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 I'm not yeah. ready. It's like, yeah. So we we all dance this a little bit. So I've been dancing it, but now my edge is now more comfortable that I can be seen. And it's it's feeling more normal, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm on camera. Yeah, uh, so probably the probably the the next step for me, because everything I've been doing right now has been um, videos recorded. So even this is recorded. Yes. Uh, if it was live, then it, then it's like, oh, it, it might be a little bit more of an edge to that. Yes. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and have you ever thought of doing like live performances, like going out on tour and spreading the word? Uh, that's interesting because this is what I've been so to test my edge there is 
the, the format on how I film my videos, the dance mm -hmm. videos. So in the beginning, it was nice and quiet in my own. I mean, um, there was this uh, fitness club and they had these some of these empty yoga studios. Right. So I go in there, like make sure nobody's watching. I mean, because they often were empty. It's like close the door, set up my music, set up my cameras and then do my thing. And then there was, but then there was like in my back of mind, it's like, there's a little window to the door. It's like, I wouldn't mind somebody peeking a little bit, but not, not too much. <laughs> so I, I, I evolved in that. Then I, at some point I decided, oh, I think it was because of, well, uh, COVID. Right. The, a lot, all the, all the indoor places were closed. It's like, I can't go. It's like, I guess I got to do it outdoors. Yeah. Outdoors you could be. So then I started, uh, my fitness area, they had outdoor tennis courts. So I would go in outdoor tennis courts, but then I would do, okay, to be safe, not everyone see me, do it um, earlier in the morning where there's less people around. So it's right. like, uh, <laughs> so I do my dancing. <laughs> and then it's like, but occasionally, some people, are, they walk by and they'd see me. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, and it was interesting. Some people started to get to notice me. And it's like, hey, and then what's your name? Like, what are you doing there? Is that some kind of exercise? Yeah. <laughs> So then I, it's like, okay, let's test the edge. Well, said, let's dance a little more during the time at which other people will be there. And then, right. so I got, and then one time I was in the tennis courts in the U.S. They have this thing they call pickleball, which is almost like a little tiny mini tennis. I don't know if you, yeah. you hear it there. So they were in the tennis courts playing the pickleball, like several people. So it's like, I'm going to do my thing. And if they're playing pickleball, I'm still doing my video. So now I get a whole, like, you know, maybe 30 different people playing pickleball and they're watching me dancing. They're like, oh. And it's like, uh, so that, so I think the final thing I, I did was I got more no noticed there. And then the person who was in charge of it was saying, I like what you're doing. It's like, are you are you are you teaching a dance thing? Because I'll I'll join it. It's like, and what what are you doing? It's like, well, if I were to, I said, because I am actually considering doing some type of teaching. Is what I am trying to teach, and in fact, actually, that goes back to the origin of one of the, why I started these, at least the dance videos was. I wanted to, if you go on YouTube, you can find like how to dance, different dance steps, and. What I want to do is like not teach you dance techniques, dance steps, because that's not, I'm going to say that's not my particular strength. It's like how to do a dance step. I'm not here to dance to impress you in any way, yeah. which I am here, or what I found is a way of dancing my own dance. So it's being natural in your body. And then because, what, again, the thing that I found is, it's like, I don't know, whatever, if you hit your zone, like somehow I can hit the zone and it's like, it's just so pleasurable to dance. In fact, what happens is, the way I describe it is, I, I don't dance to the music, the music dances me. Mm. And so what happens is when there's a different music, it's like, there's a bit of like, I wonder how this is gonna go. And it's somehow, I'm almost like watching myself. That is cool how that dance came out. It's like, yeah. And if somebody asks me, can you do it again? It's like, I don't know if I can do it again. <laughs> it's, 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 so that's what I wanted. I, I was at the tennis court. The person's like, what are you? I'm thinking about a way of teaching, 
showing or guiding people to dance your own dance. Mm. And yes. that will, that's, that's about confidence. It's like not, and, and dealing with your insecurity. It's like, which can help. Like if, if you're, lots of people might be shy of social dancing situations. If you can shift into that, then you're just dancing your own thing. You're not worrying about the steps. And that can translate then also, I believe, into just your everyday life, just walking around, maybe being in front of a video camera, just, just being yourself, just in your own body. I've been now, I think I've extended that since they asked that. It's like, okay, I'm getting a little more daring. I actually intentionally shot a video in, in the fitness center. They actually have a, a small preschool there. And so I did it in the middle of the day with the preschool kids occasionally go like in, in a courtyard. And so in the courtyard, sometimes the preschool kids will just walk by with teachers and in line uh-huh. and they'll to see me. And it's like, so I actually, in some of my videos, like I'm going to catch, not unless I focus on like in the background, you see people just walking by and everything. I think in one by one time, the teacher with uh, two classes, they walked through the courtyard and they were doing it. It's like, and they were like dancing too. It's like, and I'm just, it's like, oh, cool. That's like, that. so I'm, I'm getting there into more of the live and, and the public type of stuff. That's that's really really cool. Whether regardless of uh, you jump on your Instagram, it just puts a f- smile on your face. And if it doesn't put a smile on your face, I, you're a very harsh judge. What I wanted to talk about was the pandemic that we're in at the moment. Tell us, to 2020, it started. What did you have to change, or how did you sort of adapt? And that sort of period, like especially like in early 2020, did you have to change anything or did it give you more work? I Yeah, I'm going to say for the most part, the only thing it really changed when the pandemic hit was when I, I talked to you about the dancing, the dance. Uh, uh, right. you know, I always danced indoors and I used the fitness club studios. That got changed. And I think then I had to adapt to maybe at some point, I think I, I could contact places and they would arrange for me to actually rent a place or doing outdoors. But that was, that was the only thing, that, that part is minor. But everything else, I would say, actually never really changed because everything I was doing was, was online. Yes. And the other aspect I would probably want to address is for lots of people, the pandemic, other than just the, I guess the everyday logistics of having to isolate, not being able to go indoors, things were shut down for a period of time, mm. um, was the emotional and mental toll. Yes. That started to become more into the awareness of everyone's minds. And so that part actually, ironically, didn't really change for, for me because mm. My history before pandemic um, had been in into periods of just for my own personal reasons with family life and other things and work, yes. periods of isolation. I mean, the rest of the world was fine, but I was like, wow, I, I'm just not and no, I, nobody's really getting what my world is like. That was really what started me on my journey years before I even got to the dance um, yeah. stuff yeah. of finding a way, um, well, just feeling better. And then I got more on, a, on a, what I would call a spiritual journey, a self-healing journey, which um, 
I think initially one of the techniques I would do is um, lots of journaling. Just uh, ah, a, right. and I I started. I'm gonna say that's this is a practice of mine. I started a really long time so that I have this journal which I I, I just type in my my computer. My. It's probably like yeah maybe 1700 pages long because it's, wow. it's like it spans at least 20 years I just I just wrote yeah. but what happened was some of that ultimately those those journal writings they got reframed um, and they resulted in the two books I published one was in 2019 one was in 2020 yeah. spirituality for real uh, beyond the incense and meditation Yes. And then the next one, spirituality for real deep healing. So those were all, all the, I was already in these places of um, isolation at time, depression, struggling, uh, um, fear, anxiety. And then I came with these books about the time the pandemic hit. And it's like, there was a bit of like, oh, I'm familiar with this. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm it's like this is so let me let me share that was a nice question nice actually question, uh, to go back to where you were born and it says here that you were born in stillwater oklahoma so yes tell us about uh growing up there i do believe you had some uh, chinese family background as well yes so i i am it's like i am chinese and i was born in stillwater oklahoma however i probably I don't have any memories of that because I was probably only there for maybe one, most two years. Right. And then my parents moved out to the East Coast into right. uh, Pennsylvania. Ah. So, but the reason why uh, I, I um, at least in my biography, I, I highlight Stillwater, Oklahoma is, mm. I mean, actually one of my goals I'd like to do is go visit there. Right. I've never been there, but it's like, but it's my birthplace. I see some pictures there, and I think there's like a, there's even a picture of me as an infant standing, and it's somewhere in, um, on the campus of the University of Oklahoma, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Right. And there's a desire to like, I, I want to actually find that spot where I stood. It's like, that right. would be kind of <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, but so that's that's my current draw about it. But the then the other aspect about it was I started to learn in American history, the history of the state of Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, because before, I guess all the Europeans got into this land area we call the United States of America, um, there were natives there. There was a lot. There was yes. actually a huge population there. And then, uh, then I'm. I guess the tragedy that many people don't hear is the immense loss of life. Uh, I mean, the settlers came in, and most of us think about like, oh, maybe there was there was wars and conflicts, and they talk about fights between cowboys and Indians and all that. Yes. But truly, actually, the the cause of most of the deaths was disease, because there was a mm. all the the viruses and such that the Europeans over the ages gotten used to their their immune system gone there they came over there those things the the natives they didn't have any defenses and so they all mostly perished it uh, probably be likened to the the fact that what's happened now with this pandemic yeah um and we're now starting to 
settle into the immunity system. So maybe in one or two years, it'll be like, yeah, no big deal. But suppose that, let's say there was one island somewhere, they, they've been totally isolated. And if we, if we were then to go visit them, and it's like, oh, I got COVID, no big deal. I'd probably wipe out the island. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's what. Anyway, the going back to Oklahoma is mm. well, some of the things that was happening was as unfortunately as the settlers were trying to get over more land, they eventually they pushed pretty much all the Native Americans into. They it used to be called the Territory of Oklahoma, and basically that's where all the Native Americans were, and so it was all. Uh, and if you look at, um, you can look and Google up older maps, and they would show that the original territories, and then it would show the different tribes. The tribes were actually sectioned in different parts of that. But there was one part in the middle of that. Um, it called, was called the unassigned lands. And that was actually, they said, okay, but no no Native Americans go here. This is an open territory. I, um, I guess they left it blank. And I, I think they eventually let it for, um, let um left it open for European settlers or um, to, to actually move into there. But then I think it was called the unassigned lands, but eventually when uh, it was occupied, the center of that, there was a city, Stillwater. Oh. So my, my this, is, this is why, even though I am, um, you know, my culture is Chinese, or um, I have an affinity because I was born in the United States and in particular, in the unassigned lands, in the midst of so many, I guess, um, souls of Native Americans um, that were, and, and the vision I, I have sometimes is that during the, so there, there's, there's death, lots of death around Native Americans in there. I was born right in the middle of that. So mm -hmm. it's like, there, it's almost like I was, I feel like I was a fusion. I, I was Chinese born. And then as I was born, fusing in, infusing in all the Native Americans in there, all that in there. And so that is probably the origin of why I came up with this name, Wakundama. Mm. Wakundama, the Ma, the Ma in Chinese. So the, the, land, the last two letters, Ma, Ma, that, that's horse. So I was born in the year of the horse. And if you look at that Chinese character that's directly above Ma, that's the Chinese character for Ma. In Chi Chinese, I think they have two forms, simplified or complex. Yes. Most of the time they teach simplified. That is the complex one. In fact, like my father actually wrote that one for me. So, right. so I, I actually have his handwriting now imprinted and associated with my name. Oh. So we got the we got the Chinese part there, the Ma. So to get the Native American part, I was looking at I think Lakota Indian culture in terms of, and I found this this word Wakun, and it meant great spirit. So I initially kind of came up with this word. Um, so I, I initially joined Wakun, great spirit, and Ma, horse. So I had Wakun mm -hmm. Ma, but I wanted to put something in there. To like join them, so I put the da word. So, so it's basically like horse that seeks to be the great spirit. That was my the translation of that. Then, then to make it more interesting, and actually the some of the background was of this creating this this particular logo that you see, 
is that I wanted some interesting visuals. So, um, so I, I created, I, I researched, and what they've said is lots of times in culture, different cultures around the world, there's a lot of use of the spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and spiral typically gets associated with like a spiritual journey of some sort. So what I did is, okay, spiral is like great spirit. Horse is, well, that symbol, Chinese horse. And then finally, I, in the background, when I originally came up with this, it was actually supposed to be just a t-shirt mm. for me running a marathon. Right. Uh, raising for leukemia. Oh. And I, I ran it in Alaska. And so when that t-shirt was created, I put the runner in there. The middle is a little runner. And then I put a little slight kind of symbol of a halo of some sort. So enlightened runner, great spirit horse. So uh, so altogether, it's like a uh, horse that runs towards a great spirit, a uh, horse that seeks to be of the great spirit. So that's Wakundama. That is my spiritual name, uh, which I created. All stemmed from... Of course, being born in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Right. And it's also showing your Chinese sort of uh, background as well, which I think is uh, really, really cool as well. What I wanted to talk about was it says here that when you were young, young boy that you were sick a lot, having the flu, colds. This transformed into something else, like to stop you from getting sick. Can you t- tell us a little bit about this? Yes. I remember it was – I was probably – I think it was maybe junior high school or what I remember was lots of times it used to be that getting sick with the flu was a good thing because you get out of school. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I can't go go to school. (laughs) At this point, then it's like uh, I maybe it was. I, I, I now evolved to a point where, yes, no, I, I, I didn't want to be sick. I wanted to get to school. So what I, this is how I started, how I got introduced to meditation. I think that was, and so what had happened was originally I was trying to, I was listening to subliminal tapes and that the, the, they were sold under the premise, we will help you remember more. So it's like, right. yeah. so I can do better on tests because I will remember more. Okay, I'll do that. And I listened to them, but it was interesting because it was guided meditations. They would do things like, you know, they, you know I'd be listening to meditation. They'd be, uh, it, it would be like soothing music. And then the guy would be kind of talking softly. And it's like, imagine a liquid comes and fills you up and just fills you up with uh, 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 like warm colors. And it's like, oh, that feels. What I found is um, one time when I was, I think I was out sick during the day. I was lying down. So, I mean, I w- when you're actually sick, it's like, okay, you get out of school, but it's like, uh, <laughs> it's not really that pleasant. It's like, I just want to be out of this thing. <laughs> I actually um, did one of those meditations and it's like, it, uh, it's like, it's, you know, it's, I think it seems to help. So I, what I did one time is, um, and I think the meditation I, I remember was, there was one of the meditations where he, uh, you had a visualization of whatever was coming up in you. If there was any illnesses in your body, any, it was just burning them off. They would just, and they would just lift away. It's like, okay, I've got the flu. It's like, okay, I'm just going to burn it all off. And 
I remember, um, I think the first time I did it, I think I felt good in about two hours. And then w one time I remember I w it was in the morning, maybe about an hour before I had to head off to the school, um, you know, get dressed and go to school bus. Yes. I did the meditation and I think in a half an hour, it's like, I'm good to go. So that was my introduction. It's like, there is there there is this other way of doing things, another reality that you can kind of, I, and I definitely bought into the, I, this concepts of you, your body has a way of healing itself. You don't need like medicines. In fact, if you have a flu, there really isn't any medicine that does like you're cured. It's like it yeah. only help soften the symptoms. Only it's your body that ultimately cures you from it. So ultimately, whatever we can do to help your body heal that way, that's ultimately going to be what you need to do. So that was my uh, introduction with the flu and then the meditations, which then became the groundwork for my, my journey later on with spirituality, the journaling, and the books that I came out with. Yeah, absolutely. And it says here, visualization meditation. So can you explain what that is? Yeah, so visualization. So I, what I, in, during those meditations, uh, like the, the one that was about a meditation for memory, so mm. there, there might be nice music playing on, but then they might visualize. So, for example, uh, it might be imagine, so visualization might be imagine you are lying on a beach and the weather, the weather is just perfect. It's moderate. It's not too hot, and the bird. You hear the little birds tweeting, and and for the moment you're alone, but it's all safe, and so it's just you're imagining it. Imagine the warmth coming down on you, yeah. and then let's say there's something that's bothering you. That's like, uh, it's like there's a tightness or just a fear. It's like where are you feeling the fear? Imagine now that the light from the sun is beaming down, heating up that area and just dissolving it away or the waves. So that would be examples of the visualization during meditations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very, very interesting. And I watched one of your, your videos. You were saying that growing up in the US as a, as a Chinese boy, a little bit difficult at some time. So tell us about growing up in the US. Yes. So. Uh, this this definitely folds into some of my earlier discussion about being seen, the desire to be seen. We all want to be seen, but then I think probably the way I would say it, we all want to be seen and received, so received well with warmth. Not if we're seen and we get a lot of criticism or nasty comments, then it's like that sends a message. Well, I don't want to be seen because yeah. So that's that's the dance ultimately we play. Well. For me, some of the early on, the being seen was literally being comfortable being Chinese. Right. Because definitely when I grew up, I, what I remember was being teased a lot for being Chinese. My memories of growing up were probably more in the East, East Coast. Okay. And when I went to um, grade school, maybe there was a hundred kids. I was the one Chinese person there. Right. So I got, but then what happened was the way I took it in was 
I I felt because I wanted to fit in. Yes. I felt somewhat ashamed of being Chinese. So to the point that I I would look in the mirror because kids would say my my nose is being, being um, uh, Oriental a little flatter than um, if you're European or it might be a little sharper. So that was one thing they would say. So I would actually remember I would they used to have these things called clothespins. I put a clothespin out there. Oh no! It's uh-huh. like over time, it all maybe sharp enough. It never did. Um, so that I'm going to say, for most of my life, that has been something that I've kind of kept behind me. I haven't really noticed because most of the times, because I was born in the United States, I didn't have any issue with any accent. I always, and also in terms of um, behaviorisms and everything. I adapted to that. So that, for the most part, I, I would fit in. Or at least in my mind, I would I would fool myself into thinking that I don't look Chinese. And so, of course, when I look at the mirror, it's like that I would realize, oh, I, oh okay, I guess I am Chinese. It's like, <laughs> but, but probably in the, um, it's probably in the maybe in the most recent five years, I've been devoting more attention. And, and that's why I've more publicly embraced it's like okay my name is um, my name is wilson and i am wakundama mm. and so and i and i'll because that that is starting to embrace i am chinese i born in the year of horse but it also acknowledges um but i was born in the united states in the land and the unassigned lands in this state called territory which has Maybe this is my association with the struggle of the Native Americans. It's like so I it's like I am bonding with them. It's like it's like I know about struggle. I know about re- being rejected. I'm with you. And so that's what I, I, I bring forth. And that is that ultimately factors into what's in my books and the message of of, of mental health, of motivating people, just just reminding everyone that you are special you are special just because you exist helping people um, shift out of the mind that your specialness is not defined by what you achieve or do we we get caught up into that i mean i i I get caught up in that it's like it's it is literally like a virus it just takes our mind it's like what if like oh man that we compare each other to somebody else like that person i wish i could be like that it's like when we do that, we feel smaller inside. And so I try to like, wait, for myself and also for my viewers, it's like, wait, wait, hold on a second. Are you breathing? Are you alive? Yes. That is a miracle. I want you to understand life is a miracle. It's a rarity that you're here. And the fact that you're here, that is amazing. And each one of us, we all have unique challenges that no one else has ever experienced. And the fact that you, you've you gotten through that and you're here, that is amazing. The fact that you're here now, that is amazing. And so I try to, that's what I do for myself. It's like, oh, okay, yes, I'm amazing. It's not, I'm not amazing because I can do this and you can't because I'm amazing because I'm here. And I've gotten through all those struggles and I'm here. It's like, wow, you, and so, Anyway, I'm probably going to go off more, more on an even more of a tangent. 
the other aspect is I try to teach this concept of self-love. Self-love, not like, I think a lot of people have the concept of self-love, like, oh, self-love is, oh, there are some nice clothes there. I'm going to buy it for myself. It's like, so I'm just treating myself. Or I'm going to get, oh, there's, I'm going to buy some like, ex, that really expensive food. Oh, yeah, that's self-love. It's like, that is all doing activity, which it's kind of connected to that with self-love, but that's really not the simplistic essence of self-love. Because if you get caught in that, it's like you can't keep doing everything. You can't keep do more and more. You can't work more and more to spend more and more to buy more things. That's that's a vicious cycle. Self-love is just you know, pausing time, spending time and, and recognizing, wait, I've gone through all out of struggles. Yes, I have. Do you remember all those things? Just you. You made it. The fact that here. And then recognizing you're an amazing individual to have gone through that. Nobody else ever went through what you did. And so that makes you a unique, one-of-a-kind individual. If you can take that in, then you can start to get the sense of, wow, I, wow, I am so thankful for the ability of myself. I, I can recognize the gift of myself. That is I'm going to say probably one of the biggest things I am trying to promote and help people see in, in this world that you are special just because you exist. Because what I believe is if I can do that, that will actually help make the world a better place. When we focus on, right, lots of people, when they focus on making the world a better place, they focus on outwardly, what can I do for that person? What can I do for that person? What can I do for that? Which is kind of nice, except it gets to a point of, what can I do at the for that person at the expense of myself? It's like, how much money am I? I was like, wait, it, what it does is it gets you caught in this vicious cycle of, of what I call, and actually I, I, I address this in my books, this one thing people, they use this judgment, are you selfless or selfish? Mm. And we're still caught up in this belief that what you really uh, you really want to do is you want to be seen as if you're selfless, but secretly you really want to be selfish. Yes. I mean, you want to want to serve. And then it gets all twisted up because people teach, okay, yeah, but it's good to be, it's good to take care of yourself, self-care. That gets twisted up into, okay, self-care. That means if I see something that I like, I should get it for myself. So I am taking care of myself. It's like, yeah, okay, but don't let anybody see that because that could be judged as selfish. It's like, oh, geez, okay. But that you want to be seen like buying something, giving it to somebody else. It's like, so what everyone ends up doing is playing this really twisted game. It's like, okay, somebody watching, okay, uh, no, don't go for yourself um, unless unless it's small or unless it's under some promotion of like self-care or something. Um, but otherwise, you want to be seen giving. It's like, I'm giving, I'm giving. Okay, nobody's looking. Bye. That puts so much strain. It's so yeah. much strain. And then that is ultimately the this idea of focusing on external and that we are not worth just because we exist. That ultimately, because we seek it outside, that ultimately is what creates our conflicts with each other. Mm. In terms of even this relationship of this, this kind of selfish and selflessness. It's like, 
a relation to somebody else. It's like, I want to be seen as good. It's like, you have this, this all twisted thing about selfishness and selflessness. And let's say you're trying to be like valued. It's like, Oh, I'm going to be good. I want you to like me. So I keep giving and giving mm. some part. It's like, man, I really hate this. It's like, <laughs> yes. thank you. It's like, that's like, and so it all gets twisted because now if you like, you lash out the person and the person's not aware, it's like, what the F? It's like the person's like, they're just blasting what the, okay, I don't want your stinking gift. It's like, the, so if we can go to more of like, wait, wait, this got all too complicated. Self-love, just yourself. Not about what you give or take, just this being, just recognition of you being alive. Not the things that you wear, just being alive, all your experiences. If we can start to heal and become like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I'm special to actually get to place. I believe I am special. I mean, Wilson, I am special, not because of Wakanda, not because of my shirt, because all my memories when I grew up as a kid, including some of the all the difficult things with the, the racism I experienced for being Chinese. It's like, mm. but I'm here. Yes, I'm here. It's like, it's like, and when I first did my dance videos, I think when I posted on YouTube, I got hit with trolls initially. I think one of the ones that actually hurt was like, man, I think it was two minutes videos. That's two minutes of my life. I will never get back. Uh-huh. And another one said, this is why people like us should never dance. It's like, it was like, oh, oh. but I just kept... But I kept because I I, I kind of knew that some of that, but it's like, but I'm here. Yes. And so I, when I can take that in, it's like, oh, I feel good now because more I can do that. I don't have to look to the external. It's like hmm. and so when we get to this place where people get concerned about selfishness or selflessness, selfishness and selflessness, those are always based upon el- um external activities you making a judgment on external activities if you just watch people and they just stood still and did absolutely nothing didn't talk you could not make a judgment if they were selfish selfless or selfishness you need to observe external activities that they do and then you need to make judgments yes so my concept is anything that once it gets in the mind a judgment a judgment is an opinion mm-hmm then it's not really truth. It's just an illusion. We just, we all make it up. Everyone will have its own judgment of what's selfish or selflessness. Or, and so it's all an illusion. So forget about this. It, when, you're, when you're doing self-love, it's just, it always is internal being yourself. And when you can get to that state, then when you get, finally, when you get to this state of external activities, so it's like, um, an interesting situation might be every day. I'm going out to eat dinner with somebody else, or, or, or my wife and I. We're going out with another couple. Then there's a question. I was like, "Who pays? How do we pay it? Who do we?" Pay? And I, I just, just different. I mean, I have some some uh, belief system from being Chinese, and some beliefs in being Americans, uh, and some beliefs are like, oh, "You split it." Some people mm-hmm. say, "No, you what you 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 eat." Some people say, "No, you split it down the middle." You know, people say, no, you pay for it all. And then, you know, you take turns. And there's even like the twisted form, which is you fight for the check, oh. <laughs> but you don't want to win. <laughs> it's like, that's like, oh my God. So because I'm in this place, it's like, wait, I'm, I am special. I'm good just as I am. 
And whether whether I pay for everything or not, that yeah. doesn't has no bearing on it. So what I, I I think a lot of times I just make the the roles like most times uh, separate checks because my my wife is not she gets all bent out of it. So it's like you know what we can do is this the separate checks, and even though there might be some what feels like awkward situations like uh, oh okay the other couple's like okay it's like I can it's like. Yeah, I know. Some people might think, man, cheapskate. It's like, yeah, but I love myself. I'm good. It's like, that's where it helps because that actually, even when I described that dinner situation, that's kind of in a little microcosm, probably the elements behind why people have wars. Yeah, yes, that's true. Very, very true. As you were talking there, I just wanted to know, have you ever been to China? Did you come back and see family or what was the sort of situation there? So my mother was born in China. My father was born in Hong Kong. Right. And then um, there was the Cultural Revolution. And then what happened was my parents, uh, not my parents, my, my mother and her family, they fled to Taiwan. So the only places I have ever visited and I visited when I was about 12, was Hong Kong to see my uh, grandparents. Yes. And then uh, Taiwan for the same thing. Uh, so I've never been to China. There, China. there, There is a desire to go yeah. see China. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you should. It's, uh, yeah, especially Shanghai. It's a very, very multicultural place. Yeah. I was going to say one more thing about maybe why I would want to see China, because you mentioned, like, well, I mentioned I was growing up U.S., Felt the racism. It's felt times I didn't fit in. What I remember was, um, I think I was in 2050. I was in Taiwan. Mm. I had the experience of like, I really feel like I fit in because now I was more of the majority there. It's like so that's probably another reason why when we go to China, it's like to to go back and it's like, wow, there is a difference. I feel like. This is some of the aspects more like home. It feels comfortable. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So, uh, what I want to talk about now is going into your twenties and thirties after you. So, what was your university major? It was electrical engineering. Electrical engineering. Yeah. So, you said that you you did this for quite a long time, working in in the you know corporate business sort of world. You were in a, like a depression sort of stage, not sort of knowing where your life was sort of going. So tell us a little bit about this. And then I saw like a quote that you made where in the corporate business, they just want you to have a cup of coffee and then keep going. Where if you're tired, you should go to sleep yeah, and yeah. have a nap. So tell us. Yes. So I would say everything that you're describing probably I, I, the total amount of time I've been in, in corporate world was about, it might be like 29 years. So right. I've, been, I've been around. And the the part that's probably relevant to what you're describing was probably more in my later years in the corporate world hmm. when it got strictly involved, uh, fast-paced financial industry. I think the general mode of things was, I and what, what I operated was as a project manager doing technical software implementations which impacted, um, I mean, my ladders, it impacted anyone who uses a credit card. Um, and in some, and on previous one, it was anyone who needed a paycheck from a payroll. And so the, part of the stress was, I mean, they always had is, when you put out a release, it's like, 
it can't break anything because it breaks yes. anything. Credit cards like don't work. But even other bigger stress, whereas like in financial industries, there's quite a bit amount of um, fraudulent activity. So you got to do all the right things to prevent the fraud, detect fraud, uh, minimize fraud, but at the same time, not piss off the customer by rejecting their, yes. their value transaction, which it might be. <laughs> but then the make the thing that made it toughest. But then somebody who's who's like a CEO in the company. But do that. But do it faster. Yes. Do it more. Do it mm. faster. It's like, yeah. and so that that was built into that. And one of the things I remember was somebody else who had actually shared. They were in a um, a meeting. We're one of the senior managers there, a very senior manager. Uh, this was actually during the time of, um, I think it was actually during Christmas holiday. Uh, and I think they said, uh, are, are we gonna work? I mean, cause it's Christmas. And the person said, excuse me, we are a bank. We are 24 seven. Right. Oh, I guess I am working. <laughs> it was like, you work, it was like you work on the weekends, you work, Generally, although when it's IT, you work more late at night in the evenings because you yeah. want to minimize. So it's like midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. And so what I found is this, is in this fast-paced world where it's like you want more, you want faster, you want to be more productive. Mm. So, and that perception of things, that's considered the norm. Yeah. And we look at, look at other business, other people, we look at them as competition. We want to outdo them. We want to outperform them. And we always think of, yes. Make more money. <laughs> yeah. What would that translates into is more and more of our time, more and more uh, an increase the amount of time that we're awake. And so what is common is, boy, I feel tired. Well, at, at the place, of course, the bank, it's like, but we have free coffee machines. <laughs> and um, for myself, I actually, um, I think initially when I was in project management, I remember I was I was in the company, this company, which I think they didn't have free coffee machines, but I would actually have a co coffee pot full of coffee and I would just continuously fill it up. And um, what I found personally is that that did actually make me pretty productive. It was like, wow, I'm just so awake. So that lasted. What I what for me, it just didn't work because after like two or three days, it's the the caffeine started to have less of effect. And then after I stopped taking it, I would just like have trouble sleeping. And then even when I was awake, I'd still feel kind of tired and I kind of crash. And so at some point, I decided I'm just not. I'm taking no caffeine. So I. So I work through that that environment where it's like everyone is like pushing and pushing, pushing. And the thing that and then the mentality is whenever you're struggling, it's like pushing and pushing. The solution is find ways the, the actually the thinking is if you're not able to keep up with that, then something is wrong with you. Mm. Um, and then we can address that. Drink more caffeine or I guess you can go see a, a psychiatrist or a doctor. No. If they really need it, they can supply stuff to help keep you mm. awake longer. Yeah. It's like the, what I what I've come to realize. The true thing about it is this is actually an unhealthy thing. If, if we look at it just a natural human state, it's like 
if you are feeling tired, it's like, well, I feel really tired. The, actually, the healthiest solution is if, if the world allows for it where you are, just take a nap. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep. That's, that is the natural solution. But in, in the fast-paced world, it's like, no, the solution is take something. Yeah. And I don't know. I, some people can do it. I, I couldn't do that for very long. So that's why I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, other people... I don't know. I guess their bodies are able to, to do that abuse a lot more. And so yeah. they're yeah. Do, do, doing it. Also, at this time, that you also develop sort of healing techniques as well. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, over the time, that uh, you become less depressed and then you, you sort of conquered that. Yes. Uh, this was actually back uh, around 2010. And 2010, what happened? I got. Uh, I was just about ready to be laid off from a job I'd been there for maybe more than 20 years. Mm. So it was a it was a bit of a potentially traumatic situation. And at that time, so then I was also looking, I gotta find something else. Yeah. So I decided I was because my my experience, I told you about the meditation with the flu. So I got some experience in self-healing. And so for some of people you might be aware of, or more aware of this. There, there's maybe more um, the Western way of things. Of if you're sick, take some medication, go see a doctor. They run some tests and such, and basically it's some type of something you take or some type of physical therapy, and that's it. And Western maybe they've they've gone to more. Or if you're feeling like mentally or emotionally, now it's more you, you can talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. The, the part which is more prevalent in Eastern cultures, China, China, India, is more of things that are uh, maybe what you take in, what you eat, herbs, and also energy healing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the energy healing aspect because in some sense, the meditation, the visualization type of meditation, that's very energy healing type of stuff. So I actually enrolled in a school, a school to become a professional healer, believe it or not. And it was actually structured like a four-year college. I went through that. Sorry, Wilson, is this yeah. the Barbara Brennan School yes. of Healing? Yes. So can you just give a bit of background? I'm not too sure about this Barbara Brennan. Uh... Yes, she, I think her background was, she actually was a scientist in NASA, um, in U.S. Wow. NASA's agency, working on, I think, uh, rocket systems and i think on the side she recognized um some people have a capability of they can see a an aura about your body a sort of a light a light shadow of some sort so she could see that and i think she could actually even see individual colors in there and she could see that um, in conjunction with let's say how a person was feeling including physical ailments. And so I think she found an ability, she might have been seeing people informally to provide uh, a healing by actually she could see that and actually then start to manipulate some of the things in this aura. Uh, she, she was doing that while being a scientist. And at some point, she, um, I think she went on her own journey and went to some other schools Mm. And ultimately, I think in the 19, I think it was like the 19, early 1980s, mid 1980s, she started her own school. Um, 
in, uh, I think it was originally in New York, and then eventually it moved down to Florida. Uh, it, it, and I think it originally started with maybe like 12 people. And then in its, its heyday, it was probably like 1,200 people mm -hmm. uh, enrolled in the entire school with, you know, four different years. And then there was advanced studies classes. If, so it, it actually grew that when it was in Florida, it became officially accredited as a, a recognized school in Florida. And so right. they, they, they even added stuff where you could actually get a bachelor's in it. All right. Wow. <laughs> so it, it's now, so that's, it's been some time. So Barbara is, she's no longer like showing up at the school. So the school's kind of now on, in its waning stage, but that was Barbara Brennan. But uh, that, so that was, that's the school that I went to with the intent initially of I'm going to get a new career and that's going to get me out of the corporate world, like get me out of this project management world because I really hate it. It's so stressful. But af I would say after the, those four years, um, and especially even in the early on part of the years, what I, it, 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 was, it was actually mind blowing because what I found was initially the premise was it's going to be a school that teaches me some skills to get out of this place. Yeah. that I really hate. What it taught me to do was to sh to shift and actually what uh, to embrace whatever place you're in, to be safe in that, to create the healing for yourself wherever you are. So that enabled me to actually turn initially that project management into a place of healing. And so I actually then approached when I work with my teams as all the conflicts the team members had with each other were issues. They were, in sense, a disease. The, instead of a, an individual human body, the entire body was the team. And so my goal as the project manager was to heal the team. Mm. And as the healer of that team then, instead of being scared of conflict, I could hold the space of the healers like, oh, the conflict those are the wounds within the team because everybody has these individual beliefs or fears and i could allow space to to the, for that to occur and not take it in personally because a lot of times when there's conflict it's like oh my god what if something's wrong i gotta do something about it and especially if you're supposedly project manager project leader you're in charge so initially the think the, the the perception might be Oh my God, this team's going all over the place. This guy's not in charge, which a lot of people do that. And so what they do is they clamp it. It's like, okay, stop it. Or let's take it offline. Or that was a common thing we would always do in a meeting when something gets out of hand. Okay, let's put a pause in it. We'll take it offline, which is a suggestion. We will talk about it later. It's like, no, actually, we will push it away and we will never come back up with it. And then yes. that'll, that'll, so you in a team, you might have, occasional dissenters it's like you suppress them and they kind of go away and uh, what that does that that ultimately hurts the team in terms of all the perspectives it gives you it give it puts blinders on you and so the healing is allowing for all that to come so that's for me that's what it helped me is to embrace wherever i am just as it is and not view the world as so much, oh my God, this is terrible sending me. I got to find a way to get out of this and run away. Because there's only so much you can keep running. Yes. It's like, no. Um, and if it's too much, I might go, I need a break. 
but I'm going to come back to this because I know and I believe it is part of the healing process to come back to this. It's not so much a question. I don't go immediately into judgment. Why is that other person bad? It's more of an introspection. Why am I feeling uncomfortable with this other person? And as I can work on that, the healing comes into me. And then as I encounter that person or someone who's like that, it becomes, oh, okay. The person's not attacking me. It's, they're saying that the person might be feeling this, but I know that I might have a tendency to interpret it this way because I feel like that person's, but it's like, but if I bring more and more healing, it's like, it's okay. So that that's actually, so that what it ended up doing was it made me a, a lot better project manager where somebody could get on the phone and go, hey, Wilson, I can't believe you said that to me. It's like, or what gives you the nerve to think you know this and this and this? It's like, and I can just, and at the end of such a call where I would take what would seem like it's a beating, I would just go, thank you for sharing. And the person would just go, oh, okay. And what would actually happen? I mean, initially, sometimes it might be, ooh, I mean, I, I kind of recoup is after maybe about a month or so or two, that person comes to really respect you. It's like, yes. They can open up to you and then it's like and they they can respect the person is genuinely authentic. It's like he's not trying to blow me off and uh, he's not trying to pretend to be something he isn't. He's just there. And that's that that brought healing to the team that and this is what all I do. Bring healing so, to myself, everything around me. So you were still working when you were when you were studying as well? Yes. That was right. tough. When you were coming back with all these healing techniques, bringing it into the team, what was the f impressions of the workers there? Were they like, whoa, what's this new guy? No, so this is the thing. There's there's a form of healing, which if I was going to work with an individual client, then it might actually get you on a massage table. like, And I might do some stuff there. And, um, but there is, there is an aspect of the healing where if I'm working with a, a client which is just talking with them it's actually a little it's almost a little close to like um uh, a traditional psychotherapy session where i might just initially say what's going on and tell me about that and and with my, and the education from the school is being fully present and aware of how i'm feeling in reaction to what they're saying and then observing how they are like physically with their words their intonations my instinct of the vibes coming off that person just um so those are the skills more of the listening and just holding the space so i'm in a team meeting and the situation is there's a conference call and there's like maybe uh, 50 people there and it actually there might be somebody in shanghai so it's a different time zone it's early morning and I can't see that. And I remember a situation where a person was uh, scolding, uh, actually complaining a lot. And this person was a fairly senior person there. And he was like, this is not going on. Who's going to take care of this? Um, and I, what I remember was because I, I was like, after two years of schooling, I had the ability to like hold space for that. So there was a, another person in, in, in the room with me. Uh, also a senior person, they were about to go to my defense and do the, hey, 
George, why don't we take this offline? Huh. And what I found was it was almost like another mere a body in me took over and said, no, hold on. Let the person go. Let them continue to rant. And they're ranting at me. It's like, who's going to take care of this? You're not taking it there. This is my, this project costs it. Who thought of this project? Who, boom, 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 boom. And I let it go. And I was always one also, a very organized in my meeting. It's like, I got an agenda. We'll do this, this, this. I let that person sidetrack the entire meeting. But I knew in my heart, it's like, this is important. It needs to come out. Let's let it come out. Even though part of me was going, oh, oh, man, I feel like I look like a. But because of, there was almost like a, a higher self of me going, no, no, this is the right thing to do. Just let it come out. Uh, I followed up with that person later on a separate call. And that person, after he said, Wilson, thank you so much. Thank you. And, and I was just initially said, oh, oh, that's no, that's OK. I mean, that's what no, he said, hold on. Thank you. I want to tell you, nobody, nobody has ever done that for me. Listen to me. Thank you. Mm. So that's what the team got to observe. It's like, I mean, I could see some people going, oh, my God, what's Wilson? What, what is he doing? He's letting himself get beat up. It's like, it's like, <laughs> but I could see, I could hold myself in the bigger picture and see this has purpose. It's actually good for the, and I'm going to hold space for this. Yes. And I, I've developed strength in myself that I can hold it and not take it so personally, even though the little edge, it's like, ooh, it's like, and then I can even take care of myself. It's like, ooh, okay, what can I do for myself to get myself back into there? Yeah. So that's the, that's the actual how it translates into everyday real life. You don't see me doing very obvious things. You just see me as, as a person. And then something about it probably just makes you feel more at ease. It's like, oh, yeah, I like that. He's, he seems, seems to get along with. It's like, or I just kind of yelled at him. It's like... He didn't yell right. back. It's like, well, uh, oh, okay. It's like, and, and and then they come back, and then maybe they they, if they have a problem, it's like, hey, Wilson, I got something to tell you. It's like, I'm, it's like, okay, yeah. So, yeah. anyway, that's that's how it translates. Yeah, exactly. And it says here that you graduated from the Barbara Brennan Healing Science in 2015, and then let's go back a little, go back a little bit. It also says that you your two books so it says you first started writing the books in uh, 2000 why did it take so long to uh, be released was it because of the work or your study or oh you had okay. so much information <laughs> so yeah. a lot of what i did was in for, for my healing was journal right and so initially what i did uh and probably as a rough outline for the books i just cut and paste sections of my journal and originally actually was going to be just one book it was actually going to be one book uh actually the book one which is beyond the incense meditation mm. all the content was going to be there and that was it and so what i did is i i had this one draft in there and then i would let other people initially shared it and they would go go through it and the some of the general comments was this is good. But then I think after they got about half, uh, maybe about a third of the way in, 
then the comments started to divert. It's like, oh, I don't know about, the, but the beginning is really good because what my goal in the in the book was, so I, it's called spirituality for real. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to convey the fact that dispel, I guess, some of the perceptions or the illusions of what, when someone says what spirituality is about. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring it to a real practical everyday life. It's like, I'm not bringing like spirituality is about a, a when you chant, it's about when you do incense, when you go to church, like, no, 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 no. That's all the, the trimmings that we call, can label. It's like, no, it's just about making it through the day. That's spirituality for real. When it's especially when it's tough, when things are tough, that's spirituality for real. So that's why I came up with the I um, spirituality real, and I came up with the words beyond the incense meditation. Incense meditation, that's just all the fancy mirror stuff. So take that away. Let's get to the core spirituality for real. So then I I think at one point I um, so I got some feedback. I and I continue to make edits um, to it, and then. I then was uh, advised, you know, you should actually get an editor to go look, uh, you know, clean it up because you you generally it's not a good idea just to publish it yourself without having an editor. And so then um, I actually paid an editor because they said generally the way you're going to get the best thing is uh, is actually pay a professional editor to do it. So I got a professional editor. She gave me a lot of comments. In fact, she gave me uh, a list of comments, probably like 30 pages long. It's like, oh, do wow. this, this, this. And then she said, you're probably going to hate me for this because you're going to have to spend a lot of time. I mean, if you want to do it right, you're going to have to do a lot of time. Um, and she said, don't just make edits. You might have to almost, in a way, rewrite it in a way. Mm. So that, that when I got that, I was like, oh, that that actually kind of put it on the shelf for many years. Right. Until I, I guess I'm going to say I experienced more of life. Yes, yes. And then I brought my experiences. Um, probably what happened is my experiences after in the learnings after I went to the Barbara Brandon School of Healing, and then even after Barbara Brandon, there was there's a school that Barbara Brandon herself went to, in a community called Pathworks. So I decided, well, let me go to the origin of where Barbara Brennan went to school. Yeah. So I went there as a follow-up. That was in total of about nine years of schooling and experiences, and then life in the corporate world, life going through depression. Those then ultimately got folded and updated into those books, and then they came out. That's why it ultimately took that long to finally come out in 2019 and yes. 2020. Interestingly enough, right on the cusp of when COVID was coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's a good marketing for you. I mean, you, you just get the books and start reading them while they're in code. After all the feedback, what I found was for those who are more interested in just a little bit of a light, a light touch into my introduction to spirituality for real, what I mean about it, then there's book one, which it's actually kind of a, a small book, but in terms of the content, it's it gets straight to the point. It's like, right. and then if you want to get into like, okay, I, I got I got a sense of what Wilson is talking about about spirituality for real. But then if you want to get into like, but my life really 
really, really sucks. It's terrible. I, I am so depressed. I am so overwhelmed. I am so scared. I don't know what to do. I am on wit's end. I feel so lonely. Nobody else cares. I feels like it or nobody else. Then it's like, that's why I decided to split that off into that book two, Deep Healing, which is actually then bigger than book one. Are the plans to bring in another book, an extended yes. book? Yes. What I want to do, and this is what I described, like me being busy but having so much fun and feeling also like not enough hours in a day, but actually when I think about another book, it feels like not enough years. You know, <laughs> I, I literally, I, I, I swear, it's like lots of times I just, like when I'm meditations or even when I'm sleeping, ideas just come out. Yes. And what I do is my journal is it's on it's on the computer, but I, I have my iPhone next to me. And when uh, something comes out, I just start typing it and eventually uh, uh, so all these ideas and I, I I was some of these ideas I was like, oh my God, I need a I feel like I need a thousand a thousand years <laughs> to come up with it. That's that's how much it's like so yeah, so I I in my mind it's like yes, I have a book or several books yeah. that I think I want to focus on more on the concept of describing and convincing people that they are special just mm. as they do it different ways. But I have to find the time for it because right now I'm I'm doing lots of things on social media, but I'm right now at least my deten my attention is focused on the online course. So the online course now, what's going to, in some ways, it's going to focus on the more up-to-date stuff, but it's more active, and I'm, I'll I'll do that. And if if that, I don't know. I guess if that takes off more, maybe I'll focus more on that. If it kind of softens a bit, then I'll have more time and I'll shift to the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's only so many hours. It's like I'll just follow. But there there is a book. If there's time. If life uh, gives me the time or says, now don't do this, do this, then I will work on the next book or books. Okay. And any sort of ideas that you can share or, or is it just hush-hush at the moment? You, or you just said it was more focusing on, on certain topics like, like self-healing. You're talking about the online course, correct? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so the online course, um, the title of it is Be the Center of Your Universe. And when you listen to the title – it initially comes across, which that's probably one way we're 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 selling it, is the idea of when you think of the center of your universe, you're kind of thinking of something that brings you calmness, stability. So it's like in a world where let's say things get chaotic and there's a swirl, it's like, well, maybe one analogy is like in a hurricane. When there's a hurricane, yeah, everything's better. But if you're in the middle, it's all calm. It's all well. If you actually, you know, if there was a hurricane going through your your country or wherever you are, if you could actually find a way of being in a car and you could just drive along in the center, you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. So it's so it is somewhat of that concept. Be the center of your universe is that. But once you get into it, it is very much also about focusing on the fact that lots of people are becoming more aware or going through. Um, depression of some sorts, going through lots of anxiety. And so I am a guide in this to help sh give you skills, uh, meditation, and even helping you 
maybe shift your perception of this world, helping you shift things that might initially you think of, this is my enemy. This is threatening. This is terrible. This is bad news. And shift it into initially the concept of, no, believe that actually everything in this universe is actually here to support you. Everything that comes to you is actually a gift. And I'll, the way I'll premise it is, everything that comes to you is actually a gift. However, it's true. At the time it comes to you, you may not appreciate the fact that it's a gift. You may downright hate it. Mm. But I think all of us kind of has this, in the U.S., they, they have a saying that uh, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's kind of a play on that. It's like adversity. Adversity actually grows you and builds you, make you stronger. So that is, that is in some ways kind of, if you take that one step further, instead of just going adversity, it's like, then you can kind of start to appreciate what comes to me that was actually hard, at least initially, was in, in the end a gift. And the gift actually, it's not so much that this harsh thing came to me, um, or somebody was mean to me, or I lost my job. That act, that wasn't really the gift. It's what it awoken in me. And then what I awoken was, I'm the gift. So everything that comes to you is a gift. And in fact, when it's uncomfortable, the more uncomfortable it is, the greater the gift, the potential gift that's going to unfold. Initially, it's like, ooh, I don't know about that. There, there's actually, and um, Barbara Brennan, they, we talk about healing wounds. And I think Barbara had this one saying is, in our deepest uh, wounds lies our greatest gifts. And so that also aligns with that. And so I try to help you start to shift that. Everything that comes to me a gift and everything that comes to me, life is a teacher, is a lesson. And so instead of focusing on the outwards of, Something has come to me, I would say, a person that's yelling at me and saying, why is that person being mean to me? Why is that person a jerk? It's like, why is that? It's as to put an introspect. Why do I feel that way? Why am I feeling uncomfortable? Why? That is tremendous power. If you can shift that internally, that opens doors into more and more situations that you can exist without running away. But if you just keep focusing on externally, you're going to end up running away, doing more and more things. Life is the ultimate teacher. It will, you run away once, it'll come back to you. And it's like, okay, we'll give you this lesson another way. Man. And so if you can just relax, embrace it, accept it. Then you can shift a world that might be very dark into now oscillate being like, oh, it's okay to actually being very warming, healing, and then you become the gift to yourself, healing, and you actually now become a light for other people in that fashion, even when it's terrible, seemingly terrible outside. Yeah, this yeah, online course sounds very, very interesting. Tell us about your videos. Do you also do yoga? It says that you do yoga as well. It's more dancing, isn't it? So the story behind that is in my books, actually, it's particularly in book one, what I wanted to get people to, to introduce to is the concept of energy chakras. And 
I wanted to introduce it in a very intuitive way. Uh, because a lot of, I mean, books that if you were to look up energy, healing, energy in the body, um, they would tell you about the chakras and say, okay, this is chakra seven. This has to do with thinking or seeing. This is chakra four, hearts. This is love. And they they come and there's like seven chakras. Some people have more chakras. And if you go to Chinese meridians, then they have other little, it's like, okay, no, no, that's too. And that's not very intuitive. When I wrote that spirituality for real, I just said, when somebody does this, they put it in their chest. That seems to be universally associated with love. It's like, oh, wow. And if they're really stressed, they might do this. Or So I, I use uh, common gestures to kind of introduce these, and I just call them regions. I don't try to get that specific. So that's what I did in um, spirituality for, for real, to introduce those, and then to help introduce those. I introduce movements. It's like, so now that you kind of got a little intuitive sense what these are, I want you to actually start to literally um, get a physical kinesthetic feel of this, just mm. familiar with it. So you can educate yourself because what I believe also is what you start to believe, it starts to actually then impact your reality in the world. So if if we wanna and I what I what I felt is this this concept of chakras, it's been so well, thousands of years, it's been impressed in, in human civilization for so long that, because there's always this skeptical view, and probably mm -hmm. that's another aspect I bring, because I was an electrical engineer scientist. So when I look at the way the chakras described, there's, there's a part of me that goes, I don't know, this is kind of, eh. so I had to like find a way of and probably writing the book to myself, how do I introduce this to the skeptical, skeptic of myself that goes, I don't know about this kind of, this kind of BS stuff. It's like mm -hmm. this energy, it's like little, but I, it's like, okay, well, if you can't take that, but you do these gestures, okay, I can take that. Okay, so now that you do that, what I also want you to take on the idea of like, I believe the more you choose to believe that, then the more that becomes a convenient that actually it will impact your 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 life. Like sometimes some people say, if simply having or shifting to a more positive perspective of things, that will actually change how you experience things. Yes, which is actually true. Yes. So I I'm adopting. It's like okay, there are some things that I'm going to introduce these concepts of chakras, but I'm going to try to introduce it in a more palatable way for you. But because of the fact that there's thousands of years of people doing this, that has that has built a lot of momentum in belief systems. That momentum belief system actually now, because of that, if you just ride on that, that is also going to help your reality. So why not actually, so I want to help you. Um, so I, I taught these um, motions, which were circular motions around the chakras, which I picked that up because I went to a body shop class on how to uh, work with back pain. So they originally was on back pain. So I mixed that back pain exercises uh, with the uh, chakras to introduce that, to also help release back pain. And I, I described that in the book and I do several different exercises and then I produced videos on that. When I did that, um, and I was trying to actually teach a class on this, initially the, um, 
the place that w- uh, it was a fitness center, they said, I don't know. It sounds kind of hokey. Like what is <laughs> it's like so, then I remember reading an article about somebody um, who was teaching yoga and and it was called um, Diana Yoga. And the way they spelled it, it made it sound like, oh, it sounds like some Indian person's names like the uh, like um, Hasana Yoga. It's like, oh, Diana, oh, OK. And she was doing really well. Right. And I read more into it. It's like she's teaching meditation. It's like, oh, uh, okay. yoga was like, oh, she's teaching med- it's strictly meditation. And guess what? Her name was Diane. And it really was actually Diana's yoga. Uh, so, so, so then as I read more about, about what yoga is really about, it's like most of us think when we think of yoga, yoga is the it's the thing. That, but then what I realized is yoga actually is somebody's a maybe a spiritual guru's way of this is how life's going to be and then what they do is they put their name in front of it visiana it's like and then oh so that's all that yoga oh okay if they can do that (laughs) i can do my own well kundam yoga so when i did that because they said but if you're doing a yoga class because it sounds more then we can do that. It's like, okay, well, then I'll call mine Wakunda Maya. Oh, well, you're doing yoga? We'll do so that's the only reason why I ever used a yoga term, because otherwise I probably would have called it chakra rotations or such. And then that's what I'd be doing. But because of that, many business reasons, I said, okay, I'm just going to call it Wakunda Yoga. So it's more palatable people, which, by the way, um, that's actually, I've used that and used that as a basis to try to teach dancing. So it's oh, actually nice. in my online course. And I call this dancing, I've called it at some point, I call it field dancing. So if you watch interspersed in some of my videos, I have this, what I call play shops instead of workshops because I'm just playing around with it. I actually introduce the movements around the chakras because the main part about dancing and dancing your own dance, it's not about the steps. It's about the feeling and the part that most people will get uncomfortable with. It's the torso area. Oh. Everyone stiffens up here. It's like yeah. then it's and then it's the beats. It's like, no, no, it's not. You want to feel it here. And so to help you feel it. If you got more practice into this, my belief is it's going to help you get more feeling about that. And then then you don't worry about the steps. Then you can in in theory i believe you can you can feel comfortable doing very minimal movement but as long as you can feel it there then you don't feel awkward it's like you feel like you belong if it's if, let's say it's a social situation and dancing it's like and everyone's doing it and you don't stiffen up it's like wait the music is there i'm yeah. not about not about the beat it's about feeling the music feeling it's the, like yeah. and so it can be like Okay, I'm doing that. Somebody else might be doing. It's like, but this is my dance. I feel this feels good. That's where you want to be. What feels good? What feels natural? So uh, I can relate to that because I play music. Let's get pretty close to wrapping it up. So, what is the future for Wilson Chung? What's the future? Well, one thing I would say is it's going to be a continuation of revealing myself. So the one thing about the books that I would say is the you see there it says spirituality for real and it's by Wakunda Ma. Not by so what I did was 
and and some authors do that. They call pen names. They put they put somebody some other name, and it's probably because they're a little uncomfortable with their own name being out there. So when I first put those books out there, I was still working with showing myself Wilson Chung, and so that gave me a little bit of safety. It's like Wakundama, so that if somebody saw initially. It's like, oh, Kundama, as opposed to, Wilson, is that you? It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so my, my, the future is um, one of the, on that journey of revealing myself more. is So my website is still wakundama.com. Mm. Uh, in the next few months, there's going to be a bit of a rebranding. I mean, I'll still have Wakundama as my spiritual name, and you'll still that'll still be there. But instead of being that the forefront, it's going to switch, and it's like, it's going to be Wilson. Ah. <laughs> so website will become, um, I think it's Wilson, WilsonDChung.com. So that's in construction. Right. Uh, and so in the future, what will happen is if you still, Wakundama will be there, but it'll, it'll slowly start to redirect you. It's like, and this is Wilson. And I'll say my name, Wilson. It's like, oh, it's Wilson. It's not just Wakundama. It's like, <laughs> so that's, that's the future. Um, along with the... Um, the online videos, maybe doing more dancing in public. I think yeah. one of my one, one of my I don't know dreams is I'm going to show up some uh, in U.S. There's people like to play basketball at a basketball court. Uh, have uh, maybe get somebody who's a videographer and just pop in there, set up, and then <laughs> and they're like watching them and I'm dancing. <laughs> That's maybe what I'm doing. You'll get viral on, on, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And tell us all your social medias. Where can we find you for our international listeners? So everything is around that word, Wakundama. So if you go on Instagram, it's uh, Wakundama. YouTube is at Wakundama. Uh, Facebook, I think if, I think I for, I messed something up, so it's actually Wakundama too. But if if you type in and search for Wakundama, you'll find it. Okay. So you're, you'll um, so I'm pretty strong there. M mostly I'm um, most of my followers on Instagram, and I have now a growing fo amount of followers on Facebook. And um, I'm actually starting to try to grow a little bit on this other platform called TikTok. But mm. that's me. Um, and then, of course, my website, wakundama.com. Uh, I think, Wilson, you'll be a superstar on TikTok. It's right up your alley with your with your dancing. Uh, I think yeah. it'll, be, it'll be a sensation. How do you choose the music then for your, for your dancers on, on YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube, Instagram, when I do those dances, I always choose, well, it's two, two things about it. Ultimately, because if I have to share it, of course, you, it can't be, it can't be actually actual pop music that's on the radios yes because that you'd have well, to pay for the <laughs> like, course, yeah. so there are various places on the internet where you can subscribe or to get license the, the, the license for the music so i subscribe to uh, one of those i think uh it's called soundstripe is the one i happen to use oh, right yes. now yes. Yes. and then then i go through the music then the next thing is does it have lyrics because that's that's a key thing because my goal is to convey a message. So I listened for the lyrics and then maybe the following qualification, I might, uh, I might listen a little bit to the content of the lyrics. If it's because it, my goal is I want to be able to um, make a convincing interpretation that it's about motivating you, the viewer of this. 
that you are special, you're amazing, or I know you're going through a tough time, or you can make it, or, and then that's that's all I do. So, and they they have a lot of that kind of music that I, it's not too hard to find, and I just download it, and then maybe I might get a, a batch of like twenty songs, download it, get it all synced up on my iPhone. I don't know, two twenty songs might be a little more than two hours of dancing. And it's like, okay, that's that's my next batch. Right. <laughs> and then, that's it. <laughs> and yeah. I just dance, dance straight through all each song. Okay, that okay. sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very interesting. Last question, Wilson. <laughs> Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? Yes. The well, I will say uh, there's this person, um, her name is uh, Saint Teresa, or Saint Mother Teresa. So she would be my inspiration. Uh, but I'm I I hesitate to use the word hero, mm-hmm. and I hesitate to use inspiration. But she was a, a major impact, I think, a turning point, and almost in a in a very small way, because she was a woman of small a small presence. It was not she was not bold. She was. She embodied the uh, the this. Are you actually? Have you ever heard of Mother Teresa? Yes, of course. Okay, okay. So she embodied. I'm going to say that most people, when they and 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 it's probably true when they visualize Mother Teresa, um, they visualize something who's small, who associ- uh, who can fit in and represent those in who are impoverished, those who are suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, actually, she embodies. Like if somebody says you're such a saint, you're acting like a saint. It's like you think of oh, you're acting like Mother Teresa. Uh, That's what. Yes. And what? Why I I because when I was going through a really tough time, I think somebody said, "Man, you know, you're you're like Mother Teresa." And initially, when I took that, I felt that it was an insult because it's like because when you think of like you're so you're a small composure and everything you defer to other things you that can be interpreted or judged that can be judged as oh you're weak yes it's like oh your mother Teresa. and oh that so i decided to read like it's like okay well let me read about mother Teresa. like and i read one of her quotes in the christian faith in some christian faith you pay attention to teachings of jesus christ so what she said is because uh, people they say asking her, it's like, so you're you're in this poorest of poor places, you know, and and you know her background was she didn't grow up poor. She was in a upper middle class. So she chose this. Why did she chose to be in the poorest of the poorest and such uh, wearing bare feet? And then she's taking care of these people with this thing called leprosy, which is I'm told it's like truly really disgusting. It's like, why are you and they they asked her, how do you do this? And she said, you know, as a human being, I could never do this because those people are saying, they're so disgusting. It is so disgusting. It is humanly impossible to do this. So here's like, okay. She says, she admits it is disgusting because I was going to, I visually thought she was going to say, oh, no, it's so wonderful, beautiful. She said, no, it's downright disgusting and terrible. And so it's like, how do you do that? So in her faith, she's taught to, see jesus christ in everybody that comes to her it's like when a person says give me clothes give me food i want you to see that's jesus christ coming to me 
if now if it is your ultimate prophet and leader, it's like, oh, it's Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. That allowed, that's the internal shift. So she shared the internal shift within her that allowed her to do things that are not humanly possible. She admitted it's not humanly possible. It's so disgusting. How could she? She did the internal shift. That's what I think when on my darkest days, it's like, help me. It's like, oh, an internal shift. So if something is really terrible, it's not leprosy. Maybe it's just um, I'm struggling to make payments. I'm, I'm struggling in my current relationship. It's like, then I can kind of like, oh, wait a minute. So she chose, I think, I, I kind of like said, okay, I can view other people as Jesus or I can view other, let's say other, everyone else, what comes to me is God. It's a lesson. What I say is a lesson. It's come to me. It's a lesson. It's like, Phil Wilson, here's a challenging situation. It's a lesson. I'm not, we're, we're not here to harm you. We're trying to teach you. Adversity, you know, adversity built. So then when I can change that perspective, it's like, oh, okay. So now instead of going, help me or saying a praying, please, God, help change this and turn that away or uh, help this terrible person from not doing, help this person change their mind and become a nicer person. It's more, help me understand what the lesson is for me, because obviously that that is probably Mother Teresa's, that small quote, that contribution, which ultimately shifted and actually probably resulted in my books. I think that's a great way to finish off, Wilson. A true inspiration. And I love uh, people that are helping other people when they're down or in their tough times. And you're, yeah, you're a true inspiration. Good luck for the future. All the best. And come on again next time and after, when your next book is released. Yep. Great. Yeah. And if I, if I make that trip to China, Shanghai, I'll make sure to ring you up. <laughs> Absolutely. Come over and we'll, we'll have a beer. Do you have a beer? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's have a Qingdao beer in, in Shanghai. Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor-burn-free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com.